0: He is a very busy guy. You can read him and hear him in a whole bunch of places, including he covers the Eagles for Sports Illustrated. He writes for the Philly Voice. He's on SportsMap Radio, 1490 Sports Bet Radio. I consider him a friend. He's John McMullen. John, thanks for joining us. David, on Mad Dog Sports Radio Weekend. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me, David. All right. Before we move forward, can we go back when the coach got fired? The thought was, well, they're gonna hire a coach who's gonna save Wentz. They're gonna put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And then somehow, some way, it became, oh no, this divorce needs to happen. John? Did this come from the quarterback? Did this come from the owner? I mean, I was following your reporting. The consensus was that most everyone who interviewed for the job, if you wanted the job, you needed to have a plan to fix Wentz. What happened? Yeah, you hit the
1: nail on the head, David. Uh, Everybody who was interviewed, 10 different – uh, potential coaches ending up with Nick Sirianni. Every single one of them was asked that question. Um, so it was clear that the Eagles had planned uh, to try to kickstart the reclamation project with a new coach. And, and even that, by the way, after the season, the original plan was to try to do it with Doug Peterson again. And ultimately that shifted uh, because of the coaching changes that Doug Peterson had Um, put forth to Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, The owner didn't like them and went in a different direction there. And then the new coach, you're right, was supposed to come in and fix things with Carson Wentz and start things over again, more than anything else because of that dead money uh, record the Eagles set, which is $33.8 million. So uh, they didn't want to have to do that. They got pushed into a corner. Carson Wentz just wanted to start over. He wanted out. Uh, And he used what leverage he had to make it happen and we're seeing this all across the league and really all across sports I, I think in the NBA it was really the template we have players sort of using the power they do have to try to force better situations or at least what they think are better situations for themselves that's what Deshaun Watson is trying to do in Houston Russell Wilson to a certain degree. You've even heard whispers about Aaron Rodgers, and you saw it last year with Tom Brady. So uh, it's kind of a new generation, new era of doing things, and uh, I don't think people realize the power Carson Wentz had here, and and he steered himself to Indianapolis because Chicago would have offered more, but he didn't want to go there.
0: John, I guess I'm having a hard time believing the power that he had. See, to me, if you're a year or so away from free agency, you've got the hammer. When you're under contract for four more years, now I know it could get ugly and messy, but come on, John. We've had contract, we've had holdouts before. We've had it get messy before in other sports. I mean, you know, Jeffrey Lurie there could have sat back with his arms folded and said, Carson four years 134 million show up at training camp or you don't get paid
1: yeah i mean you're right Uh, there's certainly from that old school standpoint he could have stood his ground and said look this is it you got to play you got to make the best of it or or um you're not going to play but uh you know you you can look at it from two ways and and the thought process is okay you take your medicine early for philadelphia you 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 get rid of Carson Wentz. You're able to um, sort of uh, repair those salary cap issues moving forward starting in 2022. If you stand pat, you don't. And you really don't have a player you believe in, a player that doesn't want to be there. And I think if you go back to last season, David, remember, there were non-quarterbacks. Stephon Diggs in Minnesota, he was under contract. He had a very good contract. He forced his way out. Jamal Adams forced his way out of the New York Jets, and these aren't even quarterbacks. Um, So there has been a a bit of a a shift in thinking around the league, and it comes to if you have these personality conflicts for whatever reason players become unhappy, it seems like organizations are more willing to move them out because they value culture, they don't want to create issues. Uh, but you can certainly disagree. I mean, I, I find it I found it very hard to believe the Eagles were going to accept that 33.8 million, as I said, and they did it. I'm shocked they did it. I'm still shocked.
0: Well, I'm shocked they did it too because to have him holding out, he, the cap hits roughly the same. I mean, for 2021, they by doing this, they gain a third-round pick in the short term. Now, they could gain a first-round pick next year. I know you could argue they eliminate a potential headache and this, that, and the other thing. But, John, three weeks ago, they were convinced that he was the better choice at quarterback. So now they have to sell themselves on Jalen Hurts or... John, does this go back to when they took him in the middle of the second round last year that somebody there thought, you know, this guy's a starting quarterback in the NFL?
1: Yeah, I don't know if they thought that. I think that's kind of revisionist history. I I thought the Eagles took Jalen Hurts as a safety net, and they wanted a cost-effective backup uh, for four years. Uh, And they wanted to sprinkle in a little bit – of a chase and Hill like package uh, where you could do some different things and maybe keep the defense off balance. But I think it's a little bit of a revisionist history to say the Eagles took Jalen hurts with the assumption he was going to be the starting quarterback. They they were all in on Carson Wentz. And I, I called it at the time, I called it a vacuum pick and I still think it was because it, it sounds good in theory. If you're on a video game, if you're not t- taking into account sort of the human effect, and you saw the human effect in real time. The quarterback was upset. He didn't get over it. He let it affect him, and we are where we are. Now, you can also say, and I agree, he he should have at some point taken the Aaron Rodgers route and said, okay, I'm not happy with this, but I'm going to prove you were dumb not to get me help. Um, and that's how he should have tackled it, but he went the other direction, and I think that was – Uh, A really big mistake by Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. They didn't take that into account, and it blew up on them.
0: All right, before we go forward with the Eagles, if someone from the Colts called you and said, hey, and I understand there are people in Indianapolis who worked with them before in Philadelphia, but somebody who hadn't called you up and said, hey, what are we getting here? What would you tell them?
1: Uh, you're getting a, a, a really talented player, uh, but who is not the same since the 27 knee injury. And you also go the next year to the back injury, not the same physically. Uh, and I think Carson was a player like many players uh, who had tremendous God given ability, kind of relied on that, kind of used that as a crutch. And at times things came easy for him. Uh, and when you lose just that little tick, It might not even be a half step, just a little bit, and you can't do what you once were able to do. You got to make up for that in other ways. So you got to get better with your technique, your fundamentals, your mechanics. And that's what I would say with the Colts you got to push that because that 2017 Carson Wentz, he's never going to be that guy physically again.
0: Had the back injury in 2018. He also suffered the concussion, which knocked him out of the playoff game at the end of the 2019 season. He's John McMullen. He covers the Eagles for Sports Illustrated, the Philly voice, 1490 Sports Bet. You can follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, JF McMullen. All right, to the Eagles going forward now. John, I'm trying to remember on paper when the last time the Eagles looked this bad. I mean, to me, this is pre-Andy Reed. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, was this at some point in the 90s before Andy, or is this even in between, I don't know, Vermeil and Buddy Ryan here? I mean, when's the last time on paper the Eagles looked this bad?
1: Well, probably after Andy's last season, it kind of fell apart there. If you remember, they only won four games that year. Uh, A lot of people thought they were really bad off after Chip Kelly, but that turned out to be not true, not really that true. They certainly made a lot of good decisions, Uh, but it's been a long time. I mean, Andy kind of turned this organization around in 1999. They've been – A lot better than most over that, and that's a a, a pretty significant time frame. We're over two decades now. So, yeah, they're not used to being in this situation, and that's why I think they're thinking quarterback, and and a lot of people don't see that because they drafted Jalen Hurts, but I go back to 2016, and Howard Roseman said, when you're up here, and they were up at number two, but remember they traded up uh, twice to get up that high. Uh, and the Eagles aren't used to being that high. And he said you have to take advantage at the quarterback position uh, when you're in this position in the draft. Six isn't two, uh, but they added draft capital. Uh, if they if they believe in a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or a quarterback like that, they got to take him. They have to.
0: Well, the obvious, you mentioned Trey Lance. He's the North Dakota State quarterback. Do you think that that plays into it at all because Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State there are some similarities Wentz because of injury only started for a year and a half Lance because he opted out of this FCS season which is taking place right now I think only has about 15 starts under his belt which is about three less than Wentz had he's really only been a starting quarterback since high school for one year do you think that they have the stones if he grades out to be their guy to take them?
1: Well, they better. I I will say that. I mean, the first thing you've heard it, David, the first thing people in personnel will tell you, scouts will tell you, you never scout the helmet. Uh, Trey Lance had nothing to do with Carson Wentz and vice versa. And, and, and by the way, you're right, there's a political hurdle. You do have to overcome it because this is a public-facing industry, and that's the first thing fans are going to say. Oh, no, another North Dakota State guy. I, I would kind of spin it as, look, they weren't necessarily wrong on Carson Wentz. He was playing at an MVP level before uh, the injuries cropped up, and even after he was playing at an above-average level, well above-average until this strange decline this past season, um, you could say they got it right. It's just the shelf life wasn't long enough. It wasn't, certainly wasn't as long as expected. So whether, whoever it is, who's, you know, you can't compare Ian Book to Joe Montana. You can't even compare Jalen Hurts, (laughs) who was at Alabama, to two. And they were teammates. I, I mean, the two players have nothing to do with each other. Uh, even though they wore the same helmet. I think NFL teams, the vast majority, uh, don't care about that kind of stuff, but it's certainly something you would have to sell from a PR standpoint.
0: Well, you're close to the Eagles, and as you mentioned, you think that, A, that they will think long and hard about a quarterback, and that's just if they're at six. John, I mentioned earlier on this show that I think both the Jets at two and the Dolphins at three are prime candidates to trade out. I mean, especially Miami at three. I mean, the Jets may take a quarterback, so you'd understand it. The Dolphins are not taking a quarterback. They can get a standout wide receiver at six. Philly's got a one, a two, and two threes in this year's draft. Never mind. I believe they gave up a future first-round pick in trading up with the Dolphins, I believe, to get the draft position to take Carson Wentz five years ago. So do you think the Eagles would have any trouble using their second, their two threes, possibly even next year's one, to move up to three if they're worried that Atlanta at four is going to take them or trade out, do you think the Eagles would be willing to give up even more resources to get their quarterback?
1: Yeah, I think they would be. And and because of this organization and and Howie Roseman got in a lot of trouble by calling at the quarterback factory and how they value that position. And everybody does. I mean, it's obvious, but they've gone – above and beyond with the backups, and they've seen what backups mean with Nick Foles over the years and Josh McCown, and that's why they drafted Jalen Hurts. I I mean, they just go above and beyond when it comes to that position. So, again, it's always about evaluation. If they look at Justin Fields and say, okay, there's too many holes here. We don't believe he's a top-ten pick. And they say the same thing with Trey Lance. Probably, you know, you're not going to be in a position to get Lawrence or most likely Zach Wilson, but I would put Wilson in that conversation as well. If they believe these guys are going to be superstars, yeah, you got to do everything possible to, if you have to go up and get them, have to.
0: was talking to a Jets fan earlier on the show in which I believe the Jets have committed organizational malpractice around Sam Darnold. And I would say with all of their draft resources this year to put a, a representative offense around him, And then see next year whether or not you need a quarterback or not. I could argue, John, I'm not sure that what's been around Wentz in the last year plus and what is going to be around Jalen Hurts as of right now next year is a representative NFL offense either. I mean, don't you think the Eagles at six should just take the best wide receiver on the board and then... I mean, you know, where can't they draft in the second and two thirds? I mean, they need linebackers, secondary. They need offensive linemen. I mean, you know, is this just a hey? I know we may not, we don't know if we have our quarterback. But we're just gonna take care of our cap situation and draft as many damn good players as we can.
1: Well, I I mean, you're right. You can throw a dart at the dartboard, and you're going to hit a need in Philadelphia. So they can't basically make a mistake. They need so many players at so many different positions from that standpoint. Uh, But if you know this team since, and I go back to Andy again in 1999, it's quarterback, it's offensive line, it's defensive line. So that's what they believe in building upon. Uh, And that's where they've been successful when they have been successful. So they're always going to default to those three positions um, and and then go from there. Uh, And and you talked about wide receiver. Look, this team has put immense uh, assets into that position. They drafted Jalen Rager in the first round. They got it wrong. They should have drafted Justin Jefferson. They drafted JJ Ortega Whiteside in the second round. They got it wrong. Now, uh, you, you know, you, you should admit mistakes, and, and if you believe Jamar Chase is the best player, you should take him, but, and that's where it all comes down to evaluation. I just know this team, and they're going to value quarterback number one, offensive line number two, defensive line number three. So if there's a quarterback or there's an offensive lineman or there's a defensive lineman they think uh, is at the same level as that type of player, they're going to default to what they believe is more important.
0: John, final question. Whether they admit it publicly or not, do you think the Eagles are the type of organization, you know the owner, you know the front office, where they would look at one another and go, listen, we're we're not going to contend for anything in 2021. We might as well make all our decisions right now based on 22 and 23, which could involve, by the way, Getting, I mean, you could argue then, if that's the case, do you get rid of Fletcher Cox, if you know what I mean? I mean, do you think that the Eagles, whether they ever admit it publicly, may pull a Jacksonville and go, you know what, let's just tear this sucker down to the studs? Yeah, I, I don't think they would go to that degree,
1: but they've already admitted Jeffrey Laurie used the word transition. He won't use the word rebuild, uh, but he did use the word transition, I think, seven times, and it's. Uh, Season-ending press conference, so they have kind of highlighted that it is a different phase. Uh, but I, I don't see them completely stripping down. Uh, but yeah, everybody's on the table. I, I think Zach Ertz is the next to go. I think he's going to be traded very soon. Uh, they they cut Deshaun Jackson. Everybody knew that had to happen. All Sean Jeffrey, Malik Jackson, they're going to go. So, yeah, any veteran players. And, you know, people overlook a Fletcher Cox. If they can get value, uh, even Lane Johnson with injury issues, Brandon Brooks coming off two Achilles tears in three years. It's all on the table, David, everything. Because it is a transition, but they're going to want to build at certain positions, and we know what those certain positions are. That's kind of the foreshadowing we have.
0: John, thanks so much for your time and your insight. Always appreciate it. We know you've been busy this weekend. Thanks for making time for us. Hey, thanks, David. Always appreciate it. John McMullen. He covers the Eagles for Sports Illustrated, The Philly Voice, 1490 Sports Bet Radio. Follow him on Twitter. JF McMullen. JF McMullen. He's got a good sense of humor, also. All right. He's funny on Twitter. All right. In a dry way. He's a good follow. John McMullen, J.F. McMullen covers the Eagles for Sports Illustrated